Hey guys, hey everyone. Aaron Langard, as we connect into our second week um, in 2021 um, on the subject of Startup 19, which is all about how do you start a business in this season of COVID-19. Um, I said, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in my previous um, podcast, it was very mechanical and it was very um, rehearsed before I started and it was the f- first few podcasts that I ever made. Uh, but over time, I've just decided to be a lot more authentic. And as much as I know what I'm going to talk about, I am going to be um, speaking a lot more from in a more in a much more natural way than rehearsed way because I, I want to be able to feel like I'm communicating with um, with my audience, and, and that takes a certain level of just being real. And so um, it's not going to be as flawless as, as it used to be. Um, it's going to be like a conversation. So. I want to say thank you again for joining us on this uh, podcast uh, in this year of 2021 as we carry on with our our series of Startup 19, which is all about how to start a business in this season of COVID-19 that I know has affected a lot of people. Um, And I've said this before, I even lost a very, very close friend of mine last year in 2020 in this hard and difficult year. Um, So many people that I know um, have lost jobs and found themselves in situations well, they don't know what to do. Um, a friend of mine even contacted me to say their parents are going to be out of the house in the in a, in a, in a short term um, because this season has simply been unbearable for most people. I think maybe the saddest picture that I can remember when I think about the cause of COVID-19 is that uh, I was driving the other day and I saw um, a woman that looked like a very ordinary woman um, who, that you would meet at a shopping center or at a conference. A very ordinary woman and as I drove past her, she was holding something in her hand. I didn't pay attention, but the traffic allowed me to when we came to a standstill and she turned around and what she was holding in her hand was basically a piece of cardboard saying that she's lost a job and she needed help. My heart broke as I saw that woman um, because the reality is I don't know who she is, but I know somewhere she's had the skills over the year because she must have been in the mid to late 30s. She's had the skills to do something. Uh, but unfortunately, maybe, and this is only an assumption, maybe for far too long she's been used to be an employee and being given a job and being told what to do. And she found herself in a place where maybe she lost her job in COVID-19, which seemed uh, like the case. And she didn't know what to do with herself. And she must have tried to use her saving and all kind of uh, uh, different things, but it didn't work out. And at the, at the end of the day, um, maybe she was evicted. Uh, I don't know, it could be many other factors, uh, but the result is the same is that this normal looking lady, um, who's not a homeless at, uh, at all, found herself in a place where she had to beg on the side of the road um, to find a way to live. And so that's one of the, the drives behind making this podcast. It is to enable people to use the skills that they have, because I know everybody's got is good at at least one thing, to use these skills to make a living out of it. Um, and I do believe not everybody's called to become an entrepreneur, but everybody, everybody can exchange their skills for a profit. Everybody has the capacity to do that. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. And today I want to focus, I know we've talked about uh, last time, the four qualities that you need when you, when you become an entrepreneur. And just so you guys know, I'm not writing this. I'm not, I'm not talking about this out of the blue. There's a, I've published a whole book about, about starting up. It's titled Startup. Uh, the leadership way it's available on Amazon, on Kobo, and on Apple Books. If, if I'm not mistaken, you can grab a copy of it. It's quite affordable. 
Um, and even as, we, as I talk about it this year, uh, myself and the rest of my team are just about to release another book um, on this subject of Start of 19, which is how do you start something in the middle of crisis? Because I don't believe COVID-19 is the last and only crisis we're going to have within the next decade or the next couple of years. And so how do we make sure we are ready? And that's why I'm doing this podcast. And so we've talked about the four qualities required to become an entrepreneur. Um, we've talked about the currency, the utility currency. I've shared a case study of how somebody used a currency, the utility currency to make their way through COVID-19. And But today I want to talk about how do you set the right price for your startup? Okay. And this is a question that I've been asked many times. And I know if you ever, if anyone, if anyone listening to me has ever thought of starting up a business, I know they've asked yourself the question, how do I even price my product? Um, this this um, podcast that I'm doing is actually going to be part of the book Startup 19. Uh, in fact, all the chapters, all the podcasts of uh, this series called Startup 19 are going to be expanded in the book um, um, Startup 19 that's coming up towards September, October 2021. So brace yourself if you're enjoying this. Feel free to contact me at uh, my email langard at entrepreneurs.com. Um, so I can get back to you and give you more info. Having said that, let's dive into this. And so let's say one of the many challenges that you'll have to face when you start up is coming up with the right price for your product or your service, right? Most likely your company or your, your company to be will offer product and services out of passion. You lack what you do and what you offer. Although it takes a tremendous amount of time it remains very hard for you to put a value on your passion. I know a lot of people find themselves in this position. I bet at this stage, you have more often than not offered your services for free or for very low cost to some of your friends and clients. But moving forward, you are considering making some real bucks out of your activity. Bottom line is that you may, you may be lacking confidence when it comes to actually charging people for your product. And so here are a couple of advice that I want to give you if you find yourself in this position or if you will find yourself in this position within the next few months or years. The first thing that I want to say to you, and this is very important, and I'm saying this because I've gone through this myself. There's nothing that I'm saying here because I read it somewhere. I've, I'm saying it because I have gone through it and I've, and I've had the wisdom over time to learn um, not to go through it again. And I'm hoping that this helps you not to fall into that trap and so you can go faster in your learning curve. So the, here's the number one advice. Stop taking yourself for granted. I'll say it one more time. Stop taking yourself for granted. The first tool into getting your price right is to stop taking yourself for granted. You may love what you do and offer it. And as much as it, it, it comes naturally to you, your skills is a challenge to most people. Believe me. You see... Business found its roots in, in what used to be called the barter economy. Barter economy was an exchange system where an individual will exchange one product in order to get another one. For instance, a farmer would trade yearly chicken eggs for a sword from a blacksmith. In a way, they were exchanging their time and skills for what they needed. And we still do it today, just differently. The employee with a degree, and that could be you listening to me right now, offer his or her skills and time to an employer in exchange for a piece of paper that gives a license to acquire material. That piece of paper is the one we call money, the notes that we get at the end of the month into our bank account or in cash. Barter economy is still happening. The only difference is that money plays 
the intermediary role between the eggs and the sword. You need to realize that your skills have value, probably more than you think. The farmer could get the sword because he realized, he or she realized the value of his eggs. Unless you realize that what you offer or what you will offer has value, you will not be able to put in it a value other people can see. There's an African, an African-American proverb that goes something like this. Nobody will think you are something if you don't think so yourself. And this couldn't be any more true. Your craft, your service, your product has value. If you like and enjoy it, listen to this. If you like and enjoy it, chances are that there are people who would see the same and add the same value to it. Stop bargaining on the value of your product. Make sure, make up your mind about its value and don't compromise on it no matter how many no's you get. I have probably overused this example by now in my previous podcast or in my book um, or any articles that I've released that you have a chance to have a look at. Um, But oh well, let's do it. Who cares as long as it's relevant, right? And of course, it's about Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak that I've used over and over and over. The reality is that when Jobs met Wooz, they... I mean, Woos was working for, for HP and making a normal salary, but Jobs saw in Woos more than the salary he was making. He saw that Woos, and by Woos I mean Steve Wozniak, could make something bigger with its skills. After their encounter, Woos moved from working as an IT guy for HP to becoming the guy who single-handedly built the first Apple and the second Apple. Because as a matter of fact, Steve Jobs didn't build the first or the second Apple. It is Steve Wozniak who built them physically with his hands. You see, his skills have not really changed or improved. He just decided to believe in his skills and add value to it. Well, the truth is that Jobs added value to Steve Wozniak. But you don't need a Steve Jobs to tell you that there's value in what you're doing. You can know for certain from this podcast that there is value from your work. You simply need to offer it to people who would see value in it. Okay, so for anybody who knows me, you guys know without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, um, all my friends know that I hate maths. I'm not a very good mathematician. I I, I don't like it. I can't stand it. But I, I do understand the necessity of it. But I also get that there's a lot of people out there who enjoy maths. So, so let's look at it. Let's look at the mathematical way to look at the century-changing encounter between Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak in this way. Okay, this is a bit of an equation that I have for you. Skills plus value equal world-changing product. I'll say this once again. Skills plus value equal a world-changing product or service. And what I mean by this is that once you have the skills and you put value into your skills, you realize there is value into your skills, you have the capacity to, to create a world-changing service or product. And this is what happened between Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Steve Jobs saw gold and value into what Steve Wozniak was doing that was beyond HP's capacity. And he put the value in it, and as a result, they built a world-changing computer called the Mac. That became the first personal computer, otherwise called PC. Why? Because skills, value was put into skills, and it created a world-class changing product. And so that was my first advice to you. Don't take yourself for granted. Here's my second advice to you. Break down your base cost. What, am I, what do I mean by that? 
Your base costs represent the cost you naturally incur for producing your product or your service. It usually includes the following, the raw material equipment, which is what you need to produce and operate. It also includes the maintenance of your equipment, which is your monthly expenses, your data, or anything that you need to do to keep on operating. This is part of your base cost. So, so long, we have the raw material, we have got the maintenance, and the third thing that you need to take into account is your labor or any other labor, which is usually made out of your time and your skills value. We're gonna be talking a lot about value here, but, but, but stay with me. And then the last thing that you put into this is your status, which is, um, I mean, for you starting off, this is probably not gonna be important, but it's still important for you to know this. Your status is basically the cost of your brand or the cost of associating with you. So you may be Steve Jobs' son or um, Jacob Zuma's uh, daughter, or I am not sure. If, if you have some, some level of well-acknowledged status, uh, you may charge people for that because your status becomes your brand, which people will pay quite a bit to associate with. Um, but if you are none of that and you're a normal person like myself who's starting up, then your status at this point isn't really relevant. But I thought I still needed it, needed to have it there. Um, and these are sort of the, 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 the main basic skills, the main basic thing that you need to consider um, when you are looking at pricing your product. Now, I want to I wanna zoom in for a second on something that, we, that I mentioned earlier, and that's your labor cost. I said, you need to consider your labor cost. And what is labor cost? Now, remember when I said adding value by not taking yourself for granted? Well, this is it. Your labor cost has to do with how much you value, or at least how much value you put on your skills, your time, and the risk that you are taking. Okay, I'll try and break the concept of skills worth time and risk in order to help assess your own professional worth. So if you are going to start a business, you become a professional, okay? Whether you know nothing about what you're about to start, but in any case, you become a professional and you need to, act, you need to start acting professionally and you need to start charging at some stage professionally. Now, before I get into how to have a professional worth um, when it comes to pricing your product or your service, I need to say this, I do get this, that when you get started, you may wanna give your service at very low prices to friends and friends of friends just to test your product. That's, base, that's basic within the Lean Startup strategy. And if you don't know Lean Startup, I, I encourage you to read a book by Eric Fries called um, Eric, Eric Rice, I think Eric Rice called um, Lean Startup. It's amazing and it's all about you don't have to wait for your product to be finished for you to start selling it. You can do as much as you can and propose it to your audience, let them judge it, improve it, and then start over. Okay, so I'm not going to dig too much into Lean Startup. Maybe we can do another podcast on it, but um, go check Eric Fries. I think Eric Fries or Eric Rice, I always get it wrong. Go check it out and, and just find out more about that. I think it's a great book to read. Um, but so I do understand the need to test your product to make sure it's good enough and that's that's normal so you do that to make sure to gain the confidence and make sure uh, that you get the right feedback um, before you can sell it to the multitude because you are you are usually a bit um, indecisive and and lacking confidence when it comes to charging your product so I get that but once you overcome that stage um, you're gonna need to put a worth on your product or your service and nobody else is gonna do it but you and, and, and here's how you do it. Your professional worth is gonna be made out of four elements. The number one is your expertise. And your expertise is defined by how much you know about what you're doing. 
think well about your expertise. How much do you know about what you're doing? The second thing is your dexterity. Your dexterity is how well can you apply what you know at what you do. That's the second element that is very important to consider. If you know a lot about what you're doing, you can charge a bit more. Simply why? Because you have accumulated knowledge about what you're talking about or about what you're doing and therefore you can charge people a lot more because you know a lot about what you say, what you're saying or what you're doing the second thing your dexterity is how well can you apply it if you have been doing it for a while so you become very good at doing it you can charge a bit more than somebody else who is just starting why because you have experience you have expertise in doing dexterity not sorry you have dexterity in doing what you're doing and you're very good at it and you're confident that you are good at it um, the third thing that you're gonna need is your um, your experience all right so experience is how long have you been practicing the art that you claim that you know a lot about okay so for how long have you been practicing what you want to do if you've been practicing it for 10 years, you will charge a lot more than somebody who's been practicing it for a year or two. Why? Because you have seniority because of how many years you've been practicing it. So you can charge a lot more. And so consider these things. And here's the last thing that you need to consider. Your network. Your network is how many people of authority in your field do you know? And how many other people do they know? Um, I also refer to it as your social capital. Your social capital plays a role into how much you charge. Because let's be honest, if Michael Jackson children decided to start teaching music, I don't know anything about them, but I know they're Michael Jackson children. And I know as a result of that, they are affiliated to some really powerful people. For me to study music within their school or whatever service they're offering, I'm ready to pay a lot more, not because they have the expertise, not because they have the experience, because I don't know anything about that, but because I know they have the network. And therefore, I know if my music succeeds within their label, there's chances that it goes within their network. And therefore, they can charge a lot more because of their network. And so when I talk about your expertise and your dexterity, both of them together make your skills worth. So your skills worth is made out of your dexterity and your expertise. Expertise is how much do you know and dexterity is how well can you apply what you know. And your time worth, the worth of your time is made out of your experience. So how long have you been doing this? Your experience becomes your worth as a professional, but also your network or your capital, your social capital, which is who, who are the people of authority do you know in that field? And so combine this together, you have the, the acronym EDEN. I love it, EDEN. I actually wish one day I named, um, my wife and myself are just about to give birth and I would have wished to call my, my child EDEN. Um, but uh, I think the next one is gonna be called EDEN. It's a, it's a name that I love very much. And so think about that acronym EDEN. And so EDEN stands for the E stand for your expertise, the D for dexterity, the E for um, experience and then and for network and so you need to make sure you have your Eden in a row how much is your Eden worth and you base your product based on your Eden and of course I'm not just talking about your Eden there's a base cost as well that you need to consider and your base cost will be made out of all the fixed cost and and variable cost that you have so you need to talk you need to take into account your fixed cost then your variable cost and then your Eden Based on all of these things, you can start charging for your 
product or your service. Um, I know this is a lot to chew. This is 20 minutes of listening to this and it's a lot to chew. But I do believe um, without the shadow of a doubt that this is going to be helping you. There's a few more things that I wanted to add, but because the podcast is already on 20 minutes, um, I want to stop it here. But here's one more thing that I want you to consider is also the risk that you're taking. In other words, that is called in economics, uh, in economics, the, the opportunity cost. So what is the risk that you're taking in starting this business? What is the risk that you're taking into investing your money into this? That risk in itself can become a cost that you charge onto your clients. So the lower the risk, you don't have to even maybe charge for the risk, but the higher the risk, the higher the cost. And so at at the end of all of this, I need you to consider all of these aspects because I know you're gonna be tempted to look at your competitors and how much they charge, and that's a rational decision to make. And that's a good starting point. But I invite you to consider your fixed cost, your variable cost, your hidden, as well as your risk to to define your definite price on your product or your service. I hope this helps you if at any stage you were confused about how do I charge for my product or my service. I'm starting up a business. I don't know what to do. I hope this gives you a bit of guidance. And I'll finish with this. Maybe another thing that encourages you to, to add to it is the status that you want to be associated with your brand or your product or your service. And why am I saying this? Because I'm having a webinar within a few, uh, within 24 hours. And I've invited a very special guest from America. Her name, um, you guys will know if you check out our page, Entrepreneur School. But she's essentially um, a, a, a New York University graduate and Harvard graduate. And... Um, She's worked with um, a couple of important and influential people um, across Africa. And she's worked in, in Malawi with the former president of Malawi, um, Joyce, I beg your pardon. Um, I believe her name, let me try to remember her name, but um, it's, it's Joyce, Joyce Bender, I think, Joyce Bender. Um, she's a lady who ruled for two years, was president for two years um, in Malawi. And two, two presidents before her was Queen Elizabeth, was actually the Queen of England. And so, and so she has a privilege of working with such an incredible delight of people um, that I've asked her to be part of my webinar. And the only way I'm selling my webinar is by saying the credentials, speaking about the credential of the guest speaker who's coming to speak. Why? Because she has been affiliated with organizations that have a certain level of status. And therefore, I can sell that status of her. I can borrow that influence to get more people to attend my webinar. And so whatever product or service you are selling, if there's any status that you can attach that service or that product to it, attach it so that you can increase your cost as well because people want to associate with things or entities that are already established and that have a clear name. All right, that's pretty much it. I've gone over time by about three minutes because I wanted this podcast to be 20 minutes and not 23 minutes. But thank you so much for listening and stay tuned. And by the way, as I said earlier, we've got a book coming up by the end of the year, which is about September, um, October, called Startup 19. So it's going to be based on this podcast. If you're enjoying it, why don't you send me an email at langard at um, entrepreneurs.com so that I can get back to you and keep you posted on everything that's happening with regard to that book if you found this podcast useful. Thank you so much, everyone. And I'll see you soon.